Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM. My guest today is Sean Waters and we're on Zoom. And thank you, uh, Sean, encourage me to go on to Zoom. I might tell you that fear is F-E-A-R. It has two meanings, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is ours. Well, Sean, I almost uh, forgot everything and ran today. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Sean. Sean was last on my program, can you believe it, in May last year. And we were talking about digital dementia. I'm just going to tell you a bit about Sean. Sean is a stress specialist practitioner. He's a founder of the Stress Less Clinic. He does a counseling, coaching, mentoring, consulting, and services related to the stress sciences, psychotherapy, and psychoimmunology. Sean recently launched the Stress Less Clinic, the Stress and Resilient Research and Development Lab. And, and he offers um, this to programs for individuals, organizations, uh, stress interventions. And um, he is actually quite amazing what he does do, because I'm just reading his uh, about him here. He also is is uh, very interactive on both internationally and locally. And I, I heard you internationally before. And um, he's a diplomat of the American Institute of Stress, International Affairs Committee member of the Society for the Advancement of Logotherapy. He is a diplomat in logotherapy and, uh, and the American Psychological Association and a diplomat educator in logotherapy. And we'll give contact details later, but that is a lot, and I didn't even cover it all. And since we last spoke, you have brought out a book, which you co-authored, and you also had a grandchild the next day, I think, after we had our last program. Yes, thank you so You're much. You're nodding your head. Tell me yes. about the book first. Uh, about the book, uh, well, the book actually took about three to four years. And thank you, by the way, for having me on your show. It's really great being here again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Sue. Uh, you know, I love what I do. And um, whatever I can do to make life simple and to help people, that's exactly what I like to do. So, uh, you know, I, I brought out the book on the basis. Of, I saw my wife struggling with this, like, little circle going around. And she got very frustrated uh, with this little circle going around. And basically, that inspired me to see how we could help and what do we learn and what do we know about technology. Um, so, as you know, based on digital dementia and these kind of problems that people have, um, we have techno stress, uh, we have techno addiction. And how do we bring it all together is we have techno psychotherapy. And techno psychotherapy are the principles of uh, technology and based on the principles of Viktor Frankl's technology. We're going to get back to that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Back with Sean Waters. Before we go on, our topic is the complexity of fear. I want to thank 
uh, um, now and Rusi and DJ for actually keeping us on air. Thanks so much, guys, for doing all you do. If you would like to SMS us, please do so on 34519 or telegram us on 061-895-1019. Sean, back to you. You mentioned uh, logotherapy too, and there's a very interesting article on how do you think Viktor Frankl and uh, Nelson Mandela would cope right now with COVID. And one of the, th- the quotes that they came up with was that both of them go into their inner world. And, um, and, and they quoted Viktor Frankl, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Absolutely. Now, now I want to actually discuss what is a main topic of yours, and you brought out an incredibly interesting article on it, is um, the fear of the unknown. And let's just discuss fear, your idea of fear, first of all, if you would. Well, I'm going to ask you what fear means to you before I answer the question. Okay. Well, you know what? I was thinking about fear and, and fright and what is the difference between them. And I realized that if I get frightened, if I'm frightened, I react immediately to that fear, whether it's to run, to to stop in my tracks, whatever it is, it's that flight and, and uh, fight response. Whereas fear is insidious and it creeps up on you. And that's what I've realized has happened within the, this COVID, uh, you call it a panic-demic, which I love. And um, and I think that's what, what fear has done there, that it's insidious, it's, creep, it's creeping, it's crept in and built up its own image. What do you think? Well, absolutely, Sue. That's why I asked you the question, because fear is different for everybody. Um, it's a primal and a powerful primitive instinct, and our bodies are, are made uh, to fear. Our bodies have uh, the HPA axis, um, which is there to help with the fight, flight, or even the freeze, which is sometimes so scary that we don't even know what to do when we're in a difficult situation. So when it comes to the unknown, we we live in this this uh, imagination in our head, and we don't give our time to even think about what's going on. Our mind just uh, is in overload of all the information. And unfortunately, in weaving into the information is the overload that we have from media, telling us all day, every day, about every single statistic that there is about it. We see um, on, on the television this little a virus floating around, and we, we know all of these negative things in, a, in ourselves that obviously we're going to be fearful. And it's like a huge magnet that pulls us down into this black hole that we have to see the statistics. We hear the word COVID-19. We just think, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And this is what draws us down into this magnetic negative field which our brains love and feed on. And that's a that's a field of, of powerlessness, isn't it? It's it's forgetting that we actually have the ability to, to change what we well, want these to two change. Words, these two worlds is hopelessness and uh, there's also a, a state of, of helplessness. We don't mm. know that it's actually happening to us. And uh, you know it's a biochemical reaction that actually happens on this basis and there's so many things in the presence of danger or the impended danger and, and being in the unknown is just a very, very difficult. 
uh, to understand of what will happen, where will we go? And everybody thinks that they're an expert um, on, on the COVID-19, uh, that we know what's happening. We understand the statistics and what is going on. But all we have to do is reach inside of ourselves, as Viktor Frankl said. And the magic is inside of ourselves. And the so we're our own, all, uh, you know, sorry, I interrupted you there, but I was thinking about, you said that we're all some, some sort of, um, urologists. Uh, is that right? <laughs> so, Absolutely. We're a psychologist. So when you say that we've got to reach into ourselves, so maybe Frankologists. Frankologists, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but the fear is inside of us, and unfortunately, it's so really bad that we that people can even get a panic attack. We even get indigestion from fear, um, and those butterflies, and that's what's happening inside there, is that this is what causes it up. So it's a rising up from inside, but we can suppress that by just breathing a little bit. And I always talk about brain breathing. And yes, just, what is brain breathing? Brain breathing is just to sit and be quiet on your own. You don't have to necessarily meditate, but just quit on your own for one minute and say, huh, and breathe out. And then your so brain you're doing it through your mouth, not your nose. I'm breathing in through my nose. I'm breathing out through my mouth. Okay. And that's just literally in a second. And that just helps you to just refocus. And also just to take off your glasses maybe um, and just say, I this too shall pass. Mm. And just those words, just affirmations of little things to say, this too shall pass or whatever you want. And, you know, I have to agree with you there because it does pass. But at the moment, I think the fear of the unknown is is kind of taking over so many people. And And I read an article the other day about an echo chamber. And they said that if you're going to discuss it with someone, instead of building up this fear even greater because you, you're going into this echo chamber of some of other people or groups of people. I'm thinking of, of a group of mothers that are, or fathers outside of school, school when they were open and feeding each other. So that became the echo chamber that everyone was feeding each other's uh, fear instead of actually finding someone who didn't have your fears, who was able to rationalize in their own way, a different way, just as you're able to rationalize something else in a different way. So rather than entering this echo chamber, actually step out of that echo chamber and find a safer chamber to go into. Well, uh, you know, the NASA astronaut um, he spoke about fear uh, in the spaceship of where he was. And he lived uh, in the spaceship, as you know, for about a year on, on the you know, U.S. Uh, in- International Space Station. And he spoke about fear. And he spoke about speaking to himself and, and going through all these imaginary things in himself. You know, one of the things that, that athletes do is that they actually run the race in their head before they do it. Uh, people like Usain Bolt, who one of my heroes, uh, Serena Williams, they actually run through the whole thing in their head and they actually manage to achieve and beat themselves into what it is not necessarily the competition. So sometimes, yes, it is good to socialize and to talk because we are social beings, but it's also sometimes need to run the positives in our heads. And that is our attitude and the attitude will give us latitude. And there's two other very important words. I like words. that. Mm. One is accept and acknowledge. 
That mm-hmm. small words, but big meanings. If we accept and acknowledge where we are, it's like the brain breathing. Accept and acknowledge where we are. But that's an attitude towards how we want to move forward and what we need to do. You know, I love what you've just said there. I'm actually writing it down, accept and acknowledge, because so often what I hear people saying is, um, you know, just put those peers aside. Oh, uh, I'll finish that in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and my guest today is Sean Waters, and we're talking about the complexity of fear. And, you know, Sean, you just before we went to advert, you mentioned accept and acknowledge. And um, Nelson Mandela, whose birthday was this past weekend, said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And I think what you said just now about accept and acknowledge is so, so apt because uh, I keep hearing people saying, you know, stop feeling like that, be positive, think positively. And, and yet you, you have to actually acknowledge your fears, your 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 emotions first before you can actually accept them and deal with them. Do you agree? Absolutely. Fear is one of the emotions. So why should we not accept all of the emotions? Remember that it's a biochemical reaction in the brain of all our emotions that happen, but it's a behavior of attitude that always helps to improve what it needs to be. So an attitude is a behavioral change, and it's a change for the positive. So we can't always be positive, but why can we get a, a fix of dopamine? Why can't we just say, but let's look at this. You know, one of the things I found so interesting is let's look at what people have done. Well, there was a lady nailed through a post. Um, you know, that's great. Let's look at the positive things that people are doing to try and overcome it in some way. So I'm about that, that are happening and we don't even realize. You know, when you go to the parking lot and, and you, and the guy takes your trolley, he actually smiles at you. He's got his mask on, but you know he's smiling at you because you can see it in his eyes. His eyes. So why, so why not look at those little things? Have you noticed how, how many uh, times we look at people's eyes because we can't see anything else? So gee, was that person's got nice eyes. That person, that's what they've got. So we can actually see something and appreciate something when we focus on something. So when you focus on something, let's do the positive of focusing and not the negative of focusing. Absolutely. And going back to eyes, they say that the eyes are the mirror of the soul. So perhaps that's what we're noticing more now. You know, um, and then also, you know, I know that you do a lot of social media uh, you, you've got a lot of knowledge of the effects of social media on our fears, on our body, on our emotions. And there, there's certain things that you, you discuss. First of all, it was the FOMO, which uh, we've just, we, we will discuss again. FOTO, FOBO. And, um, and then there was one other one that I saw that you put in. Um, was it, no, not FOTO. All right, so let's deal with those first. FOMO. All right, so FOMO is fear of missing out. 
And, you know, one of the things that, that we are social beings, we don't, don't want to miss out on anything. And one of the things that happen right now is that we want to go on Instagram, we want to see the tweets, we want to see what's going on, we want to read, uh, read what's happening in the media, and we don't want to miss out on absolutely anything. And the anything is the magnet that draws us to the negativity. And that is the problem. So social media can be great, but it's that, that magnet that draws us to the negative. And uh, there's, there's something that I came across today, which I found quite interesting, called doom scrolling. Yes. <laughs> so doom, doom scrolling. <laughs> So doom scrolling is when we actually want to see the negative. We actually scroll down to see it before we go to sleep. We want to scroll down and see what's happening. But we only love the negative because the magnet in our mind is calling, is telling us to, to do that doom scrolling. So the fear of missing out is also can be great. That's the dopamine fix. Why don't we just have some happiness? Why don't we just see what there could be some lighter side of things? So, you know, I also love Snoopy, and Snoopy has these wonderful little ones with a little mask on him, and he's doing crazy things. Why don't we just, you know, lighten ourselves up a little bit like that? So that's a serious, very serious situation. It can also be a lightning situation. Why don't we have a, a face mask painting competition? Why don't we, we can face uh, and paint the masks and who wonderful. has the best mask? You know, so there are things that we need to be innovative about. And, you know, why don't we have, have a, a, a face day? Uh, we all have different faces that we wear with the masks on it. So there's so many things that we can actually do. And we can actually have a little bit of fun while we're sitting and zooming. And things are going on in the background. And we can even have a movie playing in the background. But there's so many things about that. So FOMO is the fear of missing out. And hopefully the fear of missing out will be that dopamine fix. Then we now have talk the about the dopamine fix. Can I just just uh, pick up on that? My friend Judy, I hope she's listening at the moment in Australia. She sent me um, uh, the thing today of a of a singer, well known uh, Israeli singer, who's t- who is normally singing to very large audiences, but at the moment she's actually singing to um, the elderly. Well, you suddenly see the elderly start dancing with their walkers and, I mean, with their movements, with their masks on and everything. And it was just such a lovely thing to see. There was such gratitude in those movements, you know, and happiness. So that was, they weren't missing out there. They were actually involved in in doing something positive. Correct. That's that's embracing. That's embracing. Mm -hmm. And then we have the fear of the unknown. And I think that is the part that everybody is struggling with right now, is the unknown. And the unknown is is also like a magnet. Our brains are just overacting with overload. Um, and also have limiting beliefs, which also holds us back with the fear of unknown. Because if we are unsure of something, the limiting beliefs are, well, I can't do this. And that's the first thing that pops into your mind. But in fact, you can do it. But it's holding back. And that's the real about of the COVID-19 pandemic is at its hold with our limiting beliefs. And with the fear of the unknown also goes into business, not just to individuals who don't know what is going to be happening. So one of the things that for businesses need to do is they need to recurriculate exactly what their business is all about. Look at the USP, the unique selling proposition. Is a business really what it is? Go back to the mission envision statement of the business. Discuss it with the owners. Go down to the employees and discuss it. Why are you here? Why are you in my business? 
while you're working here. So that into business, it's just as important as it is for individuals to know exactly where we're going. But by verification and by evidence-based uh, acknowledgement of where it is, and sometimes businesses even have to do their own uh, redo their business plan. And why we all have a business plan, we need to rebrand ourselves. We need to look at where we are going to be going, and that will give us comfort and help us to be, overcome the fear of the unknown. And the big thing is. Don't always put it in your head. Write it down. Reflect on it. Look at the mm. pros. Look at the cons. And very often we do all this overload in our brains is going on all the time. But we don't write it down. Brain breathe. Stop. Reflect. Look. And just those things just help us to understand it. And come back the next day and even rewrite them. Because the we always are around with senses. So senses are very important when we do something. If we're in an environment where we have a bad smell or we have bad hearing or something like that, you know that we write terrible emails or bad messages when there's a bad smell around. So maybe tomorrow you'll put a candle or an incense or whatever and you'll write a better email. So <laughs> our senses are so very important. <laughs> and, it, and, and it all comes back to, to the senses. So we might be uh, having cold hands and we, we can't write properly, but that's okay. But tomorrow you might have warm hands and you'll write the most beautiful story you can. So our senses are so very important to us. That is so true. It really is. But, you know, the other thing that I've, uh, uh, I keep hearing is I just wish we could go, I could go back to normal. Now, what is normal? What was normal? You know, that you talk about the sphere of the unknown. Have we ever actually known what the known is? You know, have no, we ever, no. we've, we've kind of accepted that tomorrow the sun will come up, tonight the sun will go down and the moon will arrive, uh, arise. But, you know, have we ever stopped to realize that actually that's part of the unknown? Well, it is. But isn't that science there as well? And, and if we're looking at the unknown, we look at the moon and we look at whatever is going on. Why don't we have a look at the launch of the incredible space uh, ships that are going up? Why don't we learn more about space? Why don't you learn about the planets? So these are things that opens us up. You know, the oceans right now, I was reading about the whales that are, are enjoying themselves and, and loving it because they don't have any challenges of being threatened by being killed. So nature is actually having a time to breathe right now, even Absolutely. though it's winter here and summer there. So nature is actually living up and saying, thank you, I've got some peace. Have you ever listened in the garden right now? Do you know how many birds there are, are right now in, in the gardens? You're hearing more birds and, and tweeting than you've ever heard before. Why? A, it's very quiet. B, they've got no real threats. And it's just so amazing to see that. And if you look at, at, at uh, the life inside of the dead branches right now, that's actually breathing in, and we all need to have this time. So this time is also a time to hibernate, but it's a time Absolutely. to reflect. And, and to relook, you know, we've got one heart, we've got a few hardy dars here, but the, there's one in particular who I think might have lost his, its mate. I'm not sure, but it suddenly thinks that it's a, it's a, a little bird and it goes on top of the bird's tray. And I mean, he actually puts his beak through or she, whatever it is, uh, to get seeds. I've never seen that before of a hardy dar. This hardy dar is really fascinating me 
we, our birth tray is right outside the, the one window. And there sits this uh, hardy doll. All the other birds take off as it arrives on the tray because it takes over the whole tray. But it's, it seems to think that uh, it's kind of the size of a sparrow. <laughs> Very fascinating. Absolutely. So you're yeah. right. We, we're needing to look <coughs> at what's around us and actually and, see and the world. One of the things I think is very important uh, are our circadian rhythms. So our circadian rhythms get out of kilter in terms of insomnia, um, or it can be on the basis that, uh, you know, we can't sleep properly. So our sleep patterns are very interrupted at the moment. And it's a time to also have a bit of exercise, which we can do as well. So the combination of all that helps us in terms of, of overcoming the unknown, doing real things, not just renting space in our head and just turning it over with, with the information overload. And that's really what uh, the, the fear of the unknown is. And then the other one that has that is, uh, is come up is called uh, the fear of better options. Um, so the fear of better options is that we now have uh, this challenge of decisions and uh, where are we going to go do that? So the fear of better options is also a very scary element in terms of all the fears that we do have because now we're saying, well, let's put it on hold or wait. But why are we going to wait? We need to do things now. Remember, it's today and tomorrow. We learn from history, and it's so very important. But we also need to be not so fearful of what better options there could be. And now, of course, we can explore those options. We have an incredible Google, and our brain is also our Google, by the way. And now this Google brain of ours are just going all over the place. Information overload. Come back inside of yourself and look for the magic inside of yourself. And your attitude towards that will help you to be improved. I like that magic inside yourself. And then let's look at um, what was the other one? that um, Phobo was the fear of better options. And um, just wait one fear second. Of, fear of the unknown, which is... Yes, fear of the unknown. And, and, you, and we just said of the re- relevance of it mm-hmm. now. Are you at the moment, are you finding that you uh, you are having to work quite a bit with that? Um, have, are you doing a lot of research into it because it's coming up, this fear of the unknown? Well, I think the fear of un- uh, unknown is, and I need to clarify this, is it uncertainty or unknown? And there's a difference between the two. And I think what the is uncertainty- the difference? The difference is basically the unknown is something that is absolutely, you do not know exactly what's going on. It is within the range of one's knowledge, experience, or understanding, which is strange or unfamiliar. But with, with certainty or uncertainty, we do know something. So the real difference is we, know, we do know a little bit in uncertainty, but we're not 100% sure. In the unknown, we absolutely do not know. But that's when the imagination comes into our brains. And the imagination is based on past experiences. And our past experiences will lead us with our imagination in fearing the unknown. So based on the fear of, of experiences, even going way back to even our childhood, is often really a problem because this imagination actually runs away with us. And I know we often talk about running away, but the unknown is that. So it's based on our past experiences, and it's experienced by different people, different personalities. So that's why in some cases, as I mentioned to you, that can actually happen. Now, just some research happened with uh, 
and that event that happened where people even suffered three years afterwards with PTSD. A situation that we need to be very mindful of trying to avoid the PTSD setting in. And to avoid that is to try and overcome the fear of the unknown. In other words, trying to put something together, write down what your fears are so that you can acknowledge it and accept that it is what it is and it could be this and it could be there. And of course, we then have the worry cycle. Then the worry cycle starts and it says, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, and it goes round and around and around. And we actually become addicted to the unknown because we, the addiction is where are we going to find this? Where are we going to find that? Then we start researching and we've got answer off Google and we go out and check this out and do whatever the case is. And by the time we come back, we are so confused, we don't even... Um, at the moment, your your uh, network is very low, so you've just suddenly uh, cut off there, Sean. Just check okay. what's happening there. All right. Everything seems to be fine on my okay. side. All yeah. right. Yeah. Just saying uh, Sean Waters' network is low. Um, okay. You know, you talk about post-traumatic stress and... Uh, you know, but the part of this insidious nature of, of fear is also what's called pre-traumatic stress reaction. Absolutely. And, this, and apparently, you know, our research in this shows that often that actually leads to the post-traumatic stress after the event. We, we'll get back to that in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back with Sean Waters and we're talking about fear and the effects on our body. And we're at the moment, we're just going to go to YouTube, which is with Oprah, with Brene Brown, with um, Eckhart Tolle and Michael um, uh, Singer and um, how to deal the different types of anxiety and how to deal with them. It's a short YouTube. like a particular kind of toxic thought pattern that drills you down deeper and deeper and deeper into a black hole of nothingness. Yeah. And as soon as you realize that's a thought pattern, then the you that realizes it isn't part of the pattern. And you can actually... You can stop it. You can You can write yourself a restraining order. You know, just Or like a soap bubble. You know, you touch the soap bubble, it goes poof. Thoughts, when you see them in awareness, when you hold them in awareness, it's like touching a soap bubble. We'll just self-liberate. It'll go... We all do it. I mean, if you and I finish this interview and we walk down the hill and I say, thanks a lot, Oprah, I really appreciate it. You go like this. (sighs) My brain takes that as anxiety or fear and I immediately make up a story. I knew she never liked me. I didn't do the right thing. It was terrible. All of a sudden, I'm working off a whole narrative. Wow. And then, you know, it just keeps going and going. So how do we make sure that or know that the story that we're telling ourselves is in alignment with what actually did happen? Yeah. The first thing I have to do is when you look at me like that and I feel something in response to it, yeah. I have to, A, acknowledge, woo, a button's been pushed. Yeah. I've been hooked on something emotional is happening yeah. here. I'm yeah, responding. Yeah, yeah. And then I have to be willing to get curious about what it is. So instead of immediately going to my crazy story, I have to go to, okay. 
I'm emotionally hooked around something. The event is happening outside. You're talking to somebody, enjoying the conversation, and all of a sudden they say something that hits something inside of you, a soft spot. And your whole mind, your heart starts to close. Your mind starts to figure out, why did they say that? Did I say something wrong? And you go south. <laughs> you right, go somewhere, right. right? And you notice yourself starting to get involved in that reaction. And so at that moment, you have to decide, do I want to solve this? Does this need to be solved? And do I need to think about it? Or am I willing to just relax and let it pass? Because if when when something comes in to disturb you, if you don't let it pass right through you, you're saying that it will, the the energy of it will drag you down into it yes. and then you become, you think you become that thing. So what are we supposed to do when problems show up? The moment it starts with that chitter chatter, right? Your mind. My, my mind, my first reaction inside is to relax and lean away from that. Okay. But I lean away from the noise the mind is making. Accept this moment as if you had chosen it. And that brings in a new consciousness. And do not deny the moment. This is what I learned from you that literally it eliminated all stress in my life. Resisting the moment that is, uh, is only going to create more anxiety and more it's, yes, being it, more upset. A lot of the unhappiness that people experience, they believe it's due to the conditions of what's happening at this moment. But in most cases, it's not the conditions or the situation that you're in that causes the unhappiness. It's the mind telling you something about this moment that causes the unhappiness. Yes, so there's like a I should have been there, I should have been yes. earlier, I shouldn't have stopped to do this, I should have done that. It's the mind. Yes. Yeah. The most vital thing in spiritual life is to be able to watch your mind, to be the observer of your mind, so that the mind is not controlling you. And that is how you eliminate stress. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Sean Waters. And Sean, what that um, YouTube was saying is very much what you were saying, saying accept, acknowledge. And it's also what Viktor Frankl says about between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And it's exactly what you say about the mind. Tell me what you thought of that YouTube. Well, when I, when I heard what, uh, what to, that everybody was saying, it is exactly what happens with stress. Um, so it is a response. Um, and there's a fear response, there's a stress response, and all that absolutely aligns. And our mind is an amazing, amazing part of our body. Uh, but it all has to align in. So when it comes to stress, it's not just psychological. It's physiological, behavioral, and emotional. And all of that must align together. And we all have different personalities. So it's also related to the personality of who we are as well. Because it's how we deal with stress is one of, one of the things that also very, is very important. And when it comes to anxiety, everybody has different kinds of things. But what I would recommend is that we need to balance our stress. And to balance our stress, we have to look at the new ways of looking at stress and which I call the new science of stress. And that is to be practical. Look at our values and, and look at what our values and how they align with our strengths. And if you put those two together, that is how you will actually be able to overcome some of your stress. You notice that I never use the word opportunities and I never use the word threats. Um, 
but opportunities will come after the strengths. And then we can set meaningful and purposeful goals because now we have our values aligned with our strengths of where we're going. Then we can look at the opportunities, and that is so very important. But meaningful and purposeful goals will help us with that. So very often we get just bogged down in the stress. Now where do we go? But I recommend we look at our values and where we stand. We look at our strengths and where we are, and we then look at our goals based on the opportunities that exist out there. And that's the same even for a business. It's not just always individuals because work is so very important to us in knowing that as well. And that's what businesses can look at. So, yes, in marketing, you have to look at threats and opportunities. But it's coming back to where does the vision and mission statement, uh, where is it of you and where we are? And what are the values of your business, I should imagine? Hey? Oh, absolutely, where? the values of your business. But right now, we need to revalue our business of where it is. And yes. that is just a very important of, of where it is and, and to, to, to analyze it and to rewrite some of the things, but don't lose sight of where you got from in the first place and the experience of where you are now. So experience is a word, you know, we use wisdom. Wisdom is experience. We experience things and that's why we become wise. And, you know, that's actually very good, but you also talk about the foe to warrior. And the traits of the photo warrior, and I love those. Do you know them off by heart, your traits of your photo warrior? My photo warrior, um, I must be honest, when I, when I wrote that article, I actually don't, don't remember the traits too well, but, uh, <laughs> maybe you can refresh me on my own article. Um, so just tell us what is photo? Photo is the fear of the unknown. Okay. So, the fear of the unknown, the virtues of the photo warrior are attitude, gratitude, neighborliness, which is the interconnectedness, courage, honesty, integrity, loyalty, and commitment. And, I mean, I love those. I'm going to say them again. The virtues of a photo warrior, attitude, gratitude, interconnectedness, courage, integrity, loyalty, commitment. And Viktor Frankl says, the door to happiness opens outwards. Thank you. So we can add that one at the end. So can we add that as well? That <laughs> yes, you may. But that is, may. you've already said that, in the neighborliness, the interconnectedness. Correct. We'll get back to that. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. My guest today is Sean Waters, and our time is going so quickly. But before we actually do begin to wrap up, I want to just touch on resilience for a moment, Sean. What What is your idea of how to build up our resilience? So building up a resilience relates to FOMA, the fear of missing out, relates to a fear of the unknown. Um, and even uh, to FOBA, the fear of better options. Um, and they, these are the following approaches that I recommend, is avoid information overload. So uh, uh, look at the time that you're going to spend on looking at statistics of COVID-19. Uh, listen, reflect on your own fears and manage them. Um, think outside of yourself. Seek support wisely. Establish a routine. Very important to establish a routine. And never feel guilty about your workouts. And workouts means brain exercises 
as well as physical exercises. And that will help you to, to help you with your resilience. So those are simple, I think, just enough. You don't have to have a whole list of, of more than and those are six. And I think that's an, a very important what you've just said. That it's giving ourselves permission, actually, to, to live within this time, you know, and to live as best we ourselves can, how we can find our own place within this of where we are coping properly, where the anticipatory uh, anxiety is not actually just wiping us out, where we are able to see beyond this and to trust in ourselves and uh, to know that we've coped with, we have strengths that we have built up. As you said, wisdom is actually the strengths that we have built up through the years, and we often forget those strengths. Correct. You know, it, it comes from all inside of us, and we all too often we search outside of ourselves for something else. And the something else then becomes blame, it becomes anger, it becomes jealousy, and all of those things creep into it, which are negative reactions to where we are. So if we look at what we want and accept what we want, and we and we can shut out the negative and the little voice inside of us and say, but we should have done this, we should have done that, we should have, could have, whatever. The point is we need to know we take the responsibility for where we are right now, and we're accountable for where we are right now. And I think that is just so very important. And we often lose sight of that. We're always looking for something else outside of ourselves. That is so important what you've just said. And I think especially if we have young mothers or listening in at the moment or or carers who are looking after children and going on to Zoom lessons and things, there's a lot of of guilt going on at the moment and feeling maybe I should be doing more or, you know, and, Meanwhile, my gosh, they really are doing a lot. Craig is telling me to to wrap up, but Sean, just please will you give uh, your email address and your phone number out? My email address is uh, Sean, S-E-A-N, at stresslessclinic, one word, dot C-O dot Z-A, and I'm on mobile, which is 083-783-2949. I'm on WhatsApp. And also do video visits. Um, so those are the two places you can contact me. I'd love to engage with you, and I'd love to see your face. Well, it's been wonderful seeing your face today. I just want to end with these very powerful words from Antonio Guterres, Secretary General of the United Nations. Jenny Prangley, thank you so much for sending this to me. He said, COVID-19 has been likened to an X-ray revealing fractures in the fragile skeleton of the societies we have built. It is exposing fallacies and falsehoods everywhere. The lie that free markets can deliver health care for all, the fiction that unpaid care work is not work, the delusion that we live in a post-racist world, the myth that we are all in the same boat, because while we're all floating on the same sea, it's clear that some are in super yachts while others are clinging to the floating debris. Beautiful words. We're going to end with Josh Groban and a cappella with 200 children singing You Raise Me Up. Thank you so much again, Sean. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DJ, and for keeping us on air.